0: section 4 of three lives this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by k hand three lives by gertrude stein the good anna part 4 the federners had never seemed to feel it wrong in anna her devotion to this friend and her care of her and her children mrs Lentman and anna and her feelings were all somehow too big for their attack but mrs fetterner had the mind and tongue that blackened things not really to blacken black of course but just to roughen and to rub on a little smut she could somehow make even the face of the almighty seem pimply and a little coarse and so she always did this with her friends though not with the intent to interfere this was really true with Mrs. Lentman, that Mrs. federner did not mean to interfere, but Anna's friendship with the Draytons was a very different matter. Why should Mrs. Drayton, that poor common working wife of a man who worked for others in a brewery, and who always drank too much, and was not like a thrifty, decent German man, why should that Mrs. Drayton and her ugly, awkward daughters be getting presents from her husband's sister all the time, and her husband always so good to Anna, and one of the girls having her name too, and those Draytons all strangers to her and never going to come to any good. It was not right for Anna to do so. Mrs. Fetterner knew better than to say such things straight out to her husband's fiery, stubborn sister, but she lost no chance to let Anna feel and see what they all thought. It was easy to blacken all the Draytons, their poverty, the husbands drinking, the four big sons carrying on and always lazy the awkward ugly daughters dressing up with anna's help and trying to look so fine and the poor weak hard-working sickly mother so easy to degrade with large dosings of contemptuous pity anna could not do much with these attacks for mrs fetterner always ended with and you so good to them anna all the time i don't see how they could get along at all if you didn't help them all the time but you are so good anna and got such a feeling heart just like your brother that you give anything away you got to anybody that will ask for it and that's shameless enough to take it when they ain't no relatives of yours poor mrs drayton she's a good woman poor thing it must be awful hard for her to have to take things from strangers all the time and her husband spending it on drink i was saying to mrs lentman anna only yesterday how i never was so sorry for any one as mrs drayton and how good it was for you to help them all the time all this meant a gold watch and chain to her goddaughter for her birthday the next month and a new silk umbrella for the elder sister poor anna and she did not love them very much these relatives of hers and they were the only kin she had mrs lentman never joined in in these attacks mrs Luntman was diffuse and careless in her ways but she never worked such things for her own ends and she was too sure of anna to be jealous of her other friends all this time anna was leading her happy life with dr shongen she had every day her busy time she cooked and saved and sewed and scrubbed and scolded and every night she had her happy time in seeing her doctor like the fine things she bought so cheap and cooked so good for him to eat and then he would listen and laugh so loud as she told him stories of what had happened on that day the doctor too liked it better all the time and several times in these five years he had of his own motion raised her wages anna was content with what she had and grateful for all her doctor did for her so anna's serving and her giving life went on each with its varied pleasures and its pains the adopting of the little boy did not put an end to anna's friendship for the widow Lentman neither the good anna nor the careless mrs lentman would give each other up excepting for the gravest cause miss lentman was the only romance anna ever knew a certain magnetic brilliancy in person and manner made mrs lentman a woman other women loved then too she was generous and good and honest though she was so careless always in her ways and then she trusted anna and liked her better than any of her other friends and anna always felt this very much no anna could not give up mrs Lentman, and soon she was busier than before making julia do things right for little johnny and now new schemes were working strong in mrs Lentman's head and anna must listen to her plans and help her make them work mrs Lentman always loved best in her work to deliver young girls who were in trouble she would keep these in her house until they could go to their homes or to their work and slowly pay her back the money for their care Anna had always helped her friend to do this thing, for, like all the good women of the decent poor, she felt it hard that girls should not be helped—not girls that were really bad, of course—these she condemned and hated in her heart and with her tongue—but honest, decent, good, hard-working, foolish girls who were in trouble. For such as these Anna always liked to give her money and her strength now mrs lentman thought that it would pay to take a big house for herself to take in girls and to do everything in a big way anna did not like this plan anna was never daring in her ways save and you will have the money you have saved was all that she could know not that the good anna had it so she saved and saved and always saved and then here and there to this friend and to that to one in her trouble and to the other in her joy in sickness death and weddings or to make young people happy it always went this hard-earned money she had saved anna could not clearly see how mrs Lentman could make a big house pay in the small house where she had these girls it did not pay and in a big house there was so much more that she would spend such things were hard for the good anna to very clearly see "'One day she came into the Lentman house. "'Anna,' Mrs. Lentman said, "'you know that nice big house on the next corner that we saw to rent? "'I took it for a year just yesterday. "'I paid a little down, you know, so I could have it sure all right, "'and now you fix it up just like you want. "'I let you do just what you like with it.' "'Anna knew that it was now too late. "'However—' "'But, Mrs. Lentman, you said you would not take another house. "'You said so just last week.' "'Oh, Mrs. Lentman, I didn't think that you would do this so. "'Anna knew so well it was too late. "'I know, Anna, but it was such a good house, just right, you know, and someone else was there to see, "'and you know you said it suited very well, and if I didn't take it the others said they would, "'and I wanted to ask you, only there wasn't time. "'And really, Anna, I don't need much help. It will go so well, I know.' i just need a little to begin and to fix up with and that's all anna that i need and i know it will go awful well you wait anna and you'll see and i let you fix it up just like you want and you will make it look so nice you got such sense in all these things it will be a good place you see anna if i ain't right in what i say of course anna gave the money for this thing though she could not believe that it was best no it was very bad Mrs. Lentman could never make it pay, and it would cost so much to keep. But what could our poor Anna do? Remember, Mrs. Lentman was the only romance Anna ever knew. Anna's strength in her control of what was done in Mrs. Lentman's house was not now what it had been before that Lily's little Johnny came. That thing had been for Anna a defeat. There had been no fighting to a finish, but Mrs. Lentman had very surely won mrs Lentman needed anna just as much as anna needed mrs Lentman, but mrs Lentman was more ready to risk anna's loss and so the good anna grew always weaker in her power to control in friendship power always has its downward curve one's strength to manage rises always higher until there comes a time one does not win and though one may not really lose still from the time that victory is not sure one's power slowly ceases to be strong it is only in a close tie, such as marriage, that influence can mount and grow always stronger with the years and never meet with a decline. It can only happen so when there is no way to escape. Friendship goes by favor. There is always danger of a break or of a stronger power coming in between. Influence can only be a steady march when one can surely never break away. Anna wanted Mrs. Lentman very much, and Mrs. Lentman needed Anna, but there were always other ways to do and if Anna had once given up, she might do so again, so why should Mrs. Lentman have real fear? No, while the good Anna did not come to open fight, she had been stronger. Now Mrs. Lentman could always hold out longer. She knew, too, that Anna had a feeling heart. Anna could never stop doing all she could for anyone that really needed help. Poor Anna had no power to say no. And then, too, Mrs. Lentman was the only romance Anna ever knew. Romance is the ideal in one's life, and it is very lonely living with it lost. So the good Anna gave all her savings for this place, although she knew that this was not the right way for her friend to do. For some time now they were all very busy fixing up the house. It swallowed all Anna's savings fixing up this house, for when Anna once began to make it nice, she could not leave it be until it was as good as for the purpose it should be. Somehow it was that Anna now really took the interest in the house. Mrs. Lentman, now the thing was done, seemed very lifeless, without interest in the house, uneasy in her mind and restless in her ways, and more diffuse even than before in her attention. She was good and kind to all the people in her house, and let them do whatever they thought best. Anna did not fail to see that Mrs. Lentman had something on her mind that was all new. What was it that disturbed Mrs. Lentman so? she kept on saying it was all in anna's head she had no trouble now at all everybody was so good and it was all so nice in the new house but surely there was something there that was all wrong anna heard a good deal of all this from her half-brother's wife the hard-speaking mrs fetterner through the fog of dust and work and furnishing in the new house and through the disturbed mind of mrs lentman and with the dark hints of mrs fetterner there loomed up to anna's sight a man a new doctor that Mrs. Lentman knew. Anna had never met the man, but she heard of him very often now. Not from her friend, the widow Mrs. Lentman. Anna knew that Mrs. Lentman made of him a mystery that Anna had not the strength just then to vigorously break down. Mrs. Fetterner always gave dark suggestions and unpleasant hints. Even good Mrs. Drayton talked of it. Mrs. Lentman never spoke of the new doctor more than she could help this was most mysterious and unpleasant and very hard for our good anna to endure anna's troubles came all of them at once here in mrs lentman's house loomed up dismal and forbidding a mysterious perhaps an evil man in dr Shanjen's house were beginning signs of interest in the doctor and a woman this too mrs Federner often told to the poor anna the doctor surely would be married soon he liked so much now to go to mr weingartner's house where there was a daughter who loved the doctor everybody knew in these days the living-room in her half-brother's house was anna's torture-chamber and worst of all there was so much reason for her half-sister's words the doctor certainly did look like marriage and mrs Lentman acted very queer poor anna dark were these days and much she had to suffer THE DOCTOR'S TROUBLE CAME TO A HEAD FIRST. IT WAS TRUE DOCTOR WAS ENGAGED AND TO BE MARRIED SOON, HE TOLD ANNA SO HIMSELF. WHAT WAS THE GOOD ANNA NOW TO DO? DR. SHANJIN WANTED HER, OF COURSE, TO STAY. ANNA WAS SO SAD WITH ALL THESE TROUBLES. SHE KNEW HERE IN THE DOCTOR'S HOUSE IT WOULD BE BAD WHEN HE WAS MARRIED, BUT SHE HAD NOT THE STRENGTH NOW TO BE FIRM AND GO AWAY. SHE SAID AT LAST THAT SHE WOULD TRY AND STAY. DOCTOR GOT MARRIED NOW, VERY SOON. Anna made the house all beautiful and clean, and she really hoped that she might stay. But this was not for long. Mrs. Shonjen was a proud, unpleasant woman. She wanted constant service and attention, and never even a thank you to a servant. Soon all doctor's old people went away. Anna went to doctor and explained. She told him what all the servants thought of his new wife. Anna bade him a sad farewell and went away. Anna was now most uncertain what to do she could go to Curden to her miss mary wadsmith who always wrote how much she needed anna but anna still dreaded miss jane's interfering ways then too she could not yet go away from bridgeport and from mrs lentman unpleasant as it always was now over there through one of doctor's friends anna heard of miss matilda anna was very doubtful about working for a miss matilda she did not think it would be good working for a woman any more she had found it very good with miss mary but she did not think that many women would be so most women were interfering in their ways anna heard that miss matilda was a great big woman not so big perhaps as her miss mary still she was big and the good anna liked them better so she did not like them thin and small and active and always looking in and always prying anna could not make up her mind what was the best thing now for her to do she could sew, so and this way make a living but she did not like such business very well mrs Lentman urged the place with miss matilda she was sure anna would find it better so the good anna did not know well anna mrs Lentman said i tell you what we do i go with you to that woman that tells fortunes perhaps she tell us something that will show us what is the best way for you now to do it was very bad to go to a woman who tells fortunes anna was of strong south german catholic religion and the german priests in the churches always said that it was very bad to do things so but what else now could the good anna do she was so mixed and bothered in her mind and troubled with this life that was all wrong though she did try so hard to do the best she knew all right mrs lentman anna said at last i think i go there now with you this woman who told fortunes was a medium she had a house in the lower quarter of the town mrs lentman and the good anna went to her the medium opened the door for them herself she was a loose made dusty dowdy woman with a persuading conscience an embracing manner and very greasy hair the woman let them come into the house the street door opened straight into the parlor as is the way in the small houses of the south the parlor had a thick and flowered carpet on the floor the room was full of dirty things all made by hand some hung upon the wall some were on the seats and over backs of chairs and some on tables and on those what-nots that poor people love and everywhere were little things that break many of these little things were broken and the place was stuffy and not clean no medium uses her parlour for her work it is always in her eating-room that she has her trances the eating-room in all these houses is the living-room in the winter it has a round table in the centre covered with a decorated woollen cloth that has soaked in the grease of many dinners for though it should be always taken off it is easier to spread the cloth upon it than change it for the blanket deadener that one owns the upholstered chairs were dark and worn and dirty the carpet has grown dingy with the food that's fallen from the table the dirt that's scraped off from the shoes and the dust that settles with the ages the sombre greenish-coloured paper on the walls has been smoked a dismal dirty grey and all pervading is the smell of soup made out of onions and fat chunks of meat the medium brought mrs lentman and our anna into this eating-room after she had found out what it was they wanted they all three sat around the table then the medium went into her trance the medium first closed her eyes and then they opened very wide and lifeless she took a number of deep breaths choked several times and swallowed very hard. She waved her hand back every now and then, and she began to speak in a monotonous, slow, even tone. I see. I see. Don't crowd so on me. I see. I see. Too many forms. Don't crowd so on me. I see. I see. You are thinking of something. You don't know whether you want to do it now. I see, I see, don't crowd so on me, I see, I see, you are not sure, I see, I see a house with trees around it, it is dark, it is evening, I see, I see you go into the house, I see, I see you come out, it will be all right, you go and do it. "'Do what you are not certain about. "'It will come out all right. "'It is best, and you should do it now.' "'She stopped. "'She made deep gulps. "'Her eyes rolled back into her head. "'She swallowed hard, "'and then she was her former dingy and bland self again. "'Did you get what you wanted that the spirit should tell you?' "'The woman asked. "'Mrs. Lentman answered yes. "'It was just what her friend had wanted so bad to know.' Anna was uneasy in this house with superstition, with fear of her good priest, and with the disgust at all the dirt and grease, but she was most content, for now she knew what it was best for her to do. Anna paid the woman for her work, and then they came away. "'There, Anna, didn't I tell you how it would all be? You see, the Spirit says so, too. You must take the place with Miss Matilda. That is what I told you was the best thing for you to do.' we go out and see her where she lives to-night ain't you glad anna that i took you to this place so you know now what you will do mrs Lentman and anna went that evening to see miss matilda miss matilda was staying with a friend who lived in a house that did have trees about miss matilda was not there herself to talk with anna if it had not been that it was evening and so dark and that this house had trees all round about and that anna found herself going in and coming out just as the woman that day said that she would do had it not all been just as the medium said the good anna would never have taken the place with miss matilda anna did not see miss matilda and she did not like the friend who acted in her place this friend was a dark sweet gentle little mother-woman very easy to be pleased in her own work and very good to servants but she felt that acting for her young friend the careless miss matilda she must be very careful to examine well and see that all was right and that anna would surely do the best she knew she asked anna all about her ways and her intentions and how much she would spend and how often she went out and whether she could wash and cook and sew the good Anna set her teeth fast to endure, and would hardly answer anything at all. Mrs. Lentman made it all go fairly well. The good Anna was all worked up with her resentment, and Miss Matilda's friend did not think that she would do. However, Miss Matilda was willing to begin, and as for Anna, she knew that the medium said it must be so. Mrs. Lentman, too, was sure, and said she knew that this was the best thing for Anna now to do. So Anna sent word at last to Miss Matilda that if she wanted her, she would try if it would do. So Anna began a new life taking care of Miss Matilda. End of section 4